Hey everyone, before we get the episode started today, we have a triggers from our um, last episode that one of our listeners wanted to talk about. She is a language teacher and also a counselor um, and uh, wanted to give us some feedback on a few things. Here it is. What I did find funny is when you guys were talking about the word baloney, and it reminded me of the many times in which I get triggered by other people judging words that are not in their language, that they don't understand their origin, the phonology of the language, and they butcher it, basically. Uh, it reminds me of the episode of Friends when Phoebe says, oh, you Americans always butcher. And, um, and it's, it happens a lot more often than you think. Um, as, a, as a Spanish and French teacher, I came across those many, many, many times where English people didn't realize that, or English-speaking people didn't realize that the word that they were discussing or talking about is not actually an English word, a Germanic origin word, and therefore they are judging it or they're pronouncing it in a way that they're supposed to be pronounced, and it's just, it's just a big mess sometimes. Oh, and the other thing that I wanted to tell you is you were talking about coffee and how you make juice out of like these grains. And actually the way coffee was discovered was by um, some monks. They were um, working with some goats and the goats ate the coffee beans. And then they noticed that the goats were behaving erratically and weird. And so they figured out that it was because they had eaten this plant and then they went and grabbed the plant and start experimenting with different ways in which extracting that juice to gain some energy. And that's how we came across coffee. Please pause for an important directive from Dr. Morgenstern, Chief of Surgery at County General Hospital. This episode contains heavy themes and serious content. Listener discretion is advised. All stories shared in this podcast have been altered to protect the identity of our patients and colleagues. Any perceived medical advice from the show should not be used for real-life medical concerns. Always consult your personal physician before proceeding with any new practice or treatment. This podcast will include spoilers for the episodes we are discussing, but there will not be any future episode spoilers. Thank you. podcast where two emergency room nurses discuss the hit 90s tv show er we are your hosts melissa and julie and today we will be discussing episode six of season two hey julie how's it going i'm good how are actually wait no ask me ask me again how am i doing uh, ask me again how am hey I doing? julie how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> i'm very annoyed oh annoyed can i tell you why yeah, yes Okay, I'll tell, tell you why. I took a shower today and washed my hair. I wash my hair like twice a week. Okay. And I use dry shampoo in between. Mm-hmm. And I didn't wash out the conditioner enough. Oh, no. So, like, the back of my head is, like, greasy. Oh. And it was so frustrating. It's not <laughs> like I'm going anywhere right now. But it was still, like, I... I remember coming out of the shower and I was like, oh, I feel like maybe I didn't wash out the conditioner enough. And I was like, ah, it'll be fine. Like, dry my hair and like went for a walk and I came back and I was like, maybe it's still wet. And I was like, no, 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 that is 
conditioner that I didn't wash out. Oh, no. That's <laughs> what I have to do. I have to wash my hair again tomorrow. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's very irritating. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, I'll be okay. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> God will guide you through your uh, yeah. current situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that could not be more of a first world problem. Wash <laughs> out all my conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, another shower tomorrow. <laughs> Anyways, um, I tell us your fun facts. What's uh, what are your fun facts this week? Or do you, actually, how are you? Do you want me to ask you how you're doing? Do you I mean, sure. I mean, I'm doing all right. <laughs> I washed all my conditioner out. Um, I mean, your hair looks great. I have not washed my hair in a little while, so it's getting a little greasy. But do you use dry shampoo? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, if your hair does not get greasy after a few days like you are a unicorn oh yeah no 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 would not have greasy hair i definitely use dry shampoo if i haven't uh if i haven't showered that day then i need a copious amount of dry shampoo yeah but uh because it gets greasy real real quick um but yeah it's Mm -hmm, even like mm -hmm, i did mm -hmm. use dry shampoo this morning a little bit and it's a little greasy i don't know i I I can't tell get my hair cut and my bangs are driving yeah. me crazy because they're like really bulky and bleh. I don't like it. I don't I like mean, it. I mean, you could go on TikTok and look at some hacks how to cut your bangs. Try it yourself. I have <laughs> cut, like, I do trim my bangs a little bit by myself. Oh. But oh, it okay. is a very sketchy situation. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Through COVID, I bought, like, thinning shears, too, to try to, like... Because the biggest issue is not, like, cutting them. I can cut them straight. It's, like... Yeah. That I don't want them to be, like, blunt. I want them to be kind of, like, feathered a little bit. Um, Right. And so I did buy thinning shears on Amazon, the evil Amazon, to see if I could, like, do it myself. Um, And the first time I did it, it's... Thinning shears are scary, by the way, because they cut a ton out of your hair. So, like, there's huge pieces that end up falling, and you're like, ah! <laughs> like, I'm cutting all my hair off. Um, oh, you're brave. It you was very brave. scary. It was very scary. But the first time I cut them, they looked awesome. I was like, oh, my God, these look great. I can do this. Yeah. I, this could be fine. Yeah. And then the second uh-huh. time I did it, it was real bad (laughs) it was not good (laughs) um I had way too much confidence going in and I just thinned them too much so they were like real sheer uh kind of (laughs) for a bit Mm -hmm. but my hair grows really Mm -hmm. fast so it was fine like it just grew in it was fine um so now I'm hesitant to do it again I don't know I think I just want to go back to my hairdresser so bad (laughs) um so Uh, yeah I know lockdown troubles I know yeah I mean listen these are our hair chronicles greasy hair (laughs) it's a challenge haircut it's a challenge we're struggling (laughs) 2021 is uh just as much of a struggle bus as 2020 well that's not true I won't go that far (laughs) I guess well maybe I will maybe I will (laughs) but we'll talk (laughs) not a lot has changed so so far, anyway. 
Yeah, I yeah. don't know what we thought. I don't know why we thought that 2021 would be any better, but I guess, like, new year, new me could apply to the year. So this is yeah. what we were hoping for, but didn't quite didn't quite execute. Yeah, I agree. It to I be, agree. But... 2022 <sighs> is going to be an awesome year. 2022 <laughs> is going to be our year. It's going to be our year. Oh, man. Okay, anyway. Melissa, uh, let's right. get into your fun facts because I fun really want to know facts. about, well, I can read them right now, and I'm really excited to learn about Jeannie Boulay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought we would learn a little bit more about Jeannie Boulay this episode. So her real name is Gloria Rubin, and she is Canadian. So that's why I was like, oh, I definitely need to talk about her a little bit. Love she it. was born in Toronto, Ontario. And um, she is a singer, producer, and actress. So she has quite a life story. She was, she lost her father at age 12. And then she Hmm. lost her younger brother when she was 24. And her older brother when she was 46. What? So she has had an excessive amount of loss in her life. Like a crazy amount of loss. Yeah. So like incredible person to have persevered all of that. Um, her older brother, too. Okay, in my research, I started to discover great things. Her older brother, yes. who passed away, I think he was in his 50s when he passed away. And um, okay. she was 46 at the time. Um, oh. he is, his name is Dennis Simpson. And he hosted the Polka Dot Door. Do you remember the Polka Dot Door? It was like of course. a children's show. Yeah. <laughs> Of course I remember that. The polka dot door. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, I remember the polka dot door. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I watched some YouTube videos of him on the polka dot door (laughs) after that. Oh, I love that. Uh, Yeah. But it's so sad that he passed away. I know. Very sad. I don't know exactly how he passed away. Um, my brain goes to like a heart attack of some kind, but I don't know if that's actually true or not. So she does have a book. Um, it's called My Brother's Keeper and it's about kind of her loss and, um, how she persevered through so much loss in her life. Um, so it might be something that I want to read eventually here. Yeah. And then some other cool things that she has done with her career is, um, she was Elizabeth Keekley in Steven Spielberg's uh, Lincoln, which I never actually saw, but I do want to see because I watched the trailer after learning this information, and <laughs> I don't know how I missed that movie. It, it looks so good. It's about Abraham Lincoln, and like it looks oh. really great, and she is in it, and she... Like it, she didn't win any awards, but it was a very notable performance from her. So, um, so yeah, I do want to see that movie now. So it's on the list. Yeah, and mm. she sang backup vocals for Tina Turner. What? Oh my God, that's amazing! That is my mom's dream job. Singing backup vocals for Tina Turner. So my mom. Um, Okay, let me see if I can get this right. So my mom grew up in Holland, right? Mm-hmm. So when she was learning how to speak English, she she watched a lot of Soul Train, and she would, like, <laughs> dance in her room to Soul Train and pretend nice. she was singing backup. And she said that eventually her dream job was to 
sing and be a backup dancer for Tina Turner. And That's she's awesome. a, a French teacher now, so a little far throw from <laughs> from her, her backup dancing days, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. yeah. You could tell your mom uh, that uh I will. You know, Gloria Rubin I know someone who did that. It. Yeah. Well, I don't know. She knew, I don't know her. I don't know Gloria, but <laughs> <laughs> All right. This episode is titled Day Like This. It was written by Lydia Woodward and directed by Mimi Leader. Another two women. I love it. Um Yeah. It aired on November 2nd, 1995. A brief synopsis of the episode. When picking up some papers at Doug's, Mark finds out that Doug and Harper had sex that night. Ooh! Mark gets angry with Doug about this since it could get both of them fired. Harper tells Carter what happened between her and Doug. Meanwhile, Jeannie starts at the ER as a physician's assistant, which clearly upsets Benton. And it turns out that Randy has done time and the nurses and Jerry are guessing what she might have done. <laughs> um, do you want to tell me what your jewels were? Um, yes, I do. Um, I loved this episode. Loved it. Yeah, it was loved good. It. it was very good. So I am going to say, I don't remember what I said on the last episode, but <laughs> I'm going to say 260. Okay, that's good. I, I, was, I was into it. Yeah, it was pretty I, good. I'm going to go with the solid 205. Okay. 205 will be my answer. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I loved all of the, like, character stuff that happened in this. Like, yes. it sounds weird. A, yeah. Because we're nurses covering this, but I like the drama of the characters. Oh, oh, absolutely. Way more than I like the medical Absol- stuff. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I, listen, we are, we're, we were brought here for the medical stuff, but we stay for the drama. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, All right. Let's do it. Right. Let's hear. Yeah. I want to talk about this. Let's get into it. So we open with the staff trying to manage a mass gang shooting, which is crazy. There are people everywhere in the hallways. It's pretty wild. And in the midst of this chaos, Abraham Zimble, this new character, comes looking for Carol. Uh, he's a mod- mobile notary. And he is there to get her to sign some paperwork um, so that she can purchase a new house. She does not have time. It is way too busy. And she's like, just wait. And he's like, yeah, okay, I get paid by the hour. So that's fine. We'll just kind of follow out his storyline. So he ends up going down to the cafeteria just like to wait for Carol. And I think it is Jerry that ends up bringing him back into the ER because he's collapsed in the cafeteria. Uh, It turns out that he's had a heart attack. And so good thing Carol hired him on that day because maybe saved his life, you know, Uh, (laughs) pretty wild. Yeah. 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 So after stabilizing him, he starts to get Carol to sign some of the paperwork. But while she's signing, he like talks about why he maybe had the heart attack and that his job is super stressful, that he is always watching people sign away like basically their lives, maybe spending too much money on a house that they can't completely afford and that they never read the documents before they actually sign them. And he always encourages them to read those documents. And I was just kind of thinking this whole time, like, dude, you're talking to an emergency room nurse. Your job is not stressful. 
you watch people sign documents. Like, I'm sorry, yes. but who cares if they're not reading it? It is their choice. Like, I just... Yeah. Carol has just come from helping, like, multiple trauma victims with gunshot wounds. <laughs> and yeah. your job's stressful because you watch people sign documents? I just... <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's all... It's all relative, isn't it? Like, I mean, I, guess. I, I find that most of the time when people come to emergency and then, and especially on a chaotic day, it does bring some perspective. Like, oh, I didn't realize, like, what it is that you guys really do or, like, you know, my job isn't really that stressful. But, I mean, I, I think all all jobs have their stresses. But, yeah, signing documents I wouldn't consider something... You're right. Like, it's not his responsibility, you know, like, people doing what they want with their lives. Like, if they want to sign this document and buy a house, like, you know. Do it. Let let him have at her. Totally. You don't need to put that on you, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Don't let other people's decisions impact your daily happiness. Totally. I totally agree with you that, like, stress and situations are all relative. But I do, like, I have a friend who... Um, he is an engineer and sometimes we'll like compare days just for a laugh, right? Like I'll be like, oh, well, I mean, especially when I was like full time in Emerge, like, oh, well, you know, like we had this cardiac arrest come in and we like, we're doing CPR and, you know, it was a really stressful situation. The person was young and like had kids and, or whatever, like had this peds code or whatever happened that day. And then he's like, yeah, I made a spreadsheet. And I like made some phone calls. I answered all the emails. Uh, I had a meeting with my boss. Like it's just yeah, that is funny. I I remember many years ago now going on a date, a couple dates with this guy who had previously dated a nurse before me. Like was in a relationship for many years. And one of the things that he said that really bothered him was that anything he said about his day being stressful, she would like one up him. Uh, and he was like, it was really hard because I just wanted to be validated for my stressful day that it was hard for me. And she'd be like, well, I did this and this and this. But I could totally see the, how that would happen. How like, mm-hmm. but sometimes as healthcare professionals, especially if you work in a really high acuity place or, I mean, any time, what I mean is like if you work in a hospital and you're seeing lots of death and dying and, and you have to respond right. to situations... It's hard sometimes not to think like, oh, I like that's nothing. Like, wait till you hear what I did. Right. But yeah, it's hard not to do that. But sometimes you just have to listen. Yeah. Well, and it's not fair to like that guy that you were on a date with. Like, it's not fair to him that he comes home from what is a stressful day for him. I would be stressed in an office job. It would be right. very challenging. Like, I oh, yeah. think that there is a leniency when it comes to, like, we just deal with the situation in the moment and then it's over. And it could be right. very intense. It could be very stressful. But then we're done. We go home and we don't, like, I mean, you shouldn't think about work, right? Like, right. as much as you can, like, there's an emotional component that comes home with you for sure. But Mm -hmm. you don't have to be checking your email. You don't have to be, like, making sure your project's done, making sure your employees are doing their work. Like, there's no after work. You go home and you're free and clear, right? Like, until your next shift. So, like, there is an aspect of that. I would struggle in an office job because you have ongoing tasks. Like, 
you're yes. always thinking about, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to have to finish up this project. And if I don't get this done today, then I'm going to have more work tomorrow. Like, whereas in nursing, like you just show up, you do what you got to do and you get out, right? Like, so. Yeah, so true. There's different kinds of stress. Yeah. And like with engineering, for example, there's a lot of safety involved in that. So you sort of do inadvertently have people's lives in your hands. Same with, like, people who deal with, like, huge sums of money and trading and all this stuff. Like, I could not imagine being responsible for millions and millions of dollars. And if you screw up, you lose all that money or something crazy like that. You know, like, that would totally stress me out. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're right. Like, there is some leniency with us. I also feel like in our job, yes, we deal with a ton of horrible situations, but I also think, and maybe this is partly a coping strategy, maybe it doesn't feel as stressful as it might appear because you have to release some of the responsibility of things that happen to people. And if there were no such thing as healthcare, lots of people would be far worse, obviously. And so, you know, we're helping tons of people. And I also think in healthcare, there are very few instances where one person is only responsible for the patient. Right. It's like a group effort where everybody is responsible. So it doesn't feel as weighted, I guess, in terms of sole responsibility and the weight of that. Right. If that makes any sense. If I'm articulating that properly yeah I think that that's totally true yeah like we don't have as much weighing on us necessarily yeah whereas like in an office job like as an engineer even like you could end up being in charge of a really large project that's worth millions of dollars and if you screw up something or if you waste money right you can be in a lot of crap for that right whereas and that's on you specifically as the team leader or whatever whereas in nursing yeah generally there's a lot of people involved you're not the only one making decisions yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and your errors usually are small if any and if you do have an error it's usually fixable right like, yeah I don't know yeah I don't know yeah 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 anyway so true yeah so this uh, that was kind of funny of Abraham anyway <laughs> and so then he later ends up crashing and I thought this was super cold so he is crashing <laughs> this notary yeah and yeah. Carol comes running into the yeah. room like oh my god I didn't finish signing all the paperwork and he, she takes his hand and uses his arm as they're coding him to stamp the last two pages. And she signs them. Yeah, and that's pretty heartless. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I, oh, I don't think that I would have been doing that. But anyway, so she does in the end buy the house just before this poor gentleman passes away and Lydia I think says like oh you just signed those papers just in time I was like oh this was this was a very cringy humor yeah it is super cringy it's like come on Carol have a heart no kidding oh this poor man is dying brutal yeah uh so then Mark goes to Doug's apartment. So this is at the beginning of the episode. First, he forgot some papers and he had to rush back to Doug's to pick them up. And he's 
sees Doug and he's like, hey, I'll just hang out and wait um, for you to get ready and we can go to work together. Doug is like, uh, no, like, I don't want to make you late. Like, you just go. And Mark's like, I'm already late. Like, I'll just wait. Um, and Doug is trying to rush Mark out of the apartment. And mm-hmm. we don't really know why initially, but then Mark... Um, runs into Harper. She is also there, clearly has slept with Doug the night before. And Mark is pissed. Yes. And he yells at Doug for sleeping with a med student, warning that he could be fired. And if Mark doesn't report it, that Mark can also be fired. And he kind of storms out of the apartment. Ah, whoa. Yeah. And I just knew, I knew it was going to happen when they went for drinks. I was like, they're totally going to sleep together and, like, she's going to ruin her chances with Carter. Yeah. And, like, I just don't understand why. Yeah. Why she slept with Doug? Yeah. Like, I mean, I get that she was well, vulnerable and stuff, but I just am kind of like, yeah. I don't know. You got a good thing going with Carter. Like, what are you doing? I know. It's very dramatic. I think it probably had something to do with her being upset and sad and Doug was probably like, oh, this is my perfect opportunity to, like, get some tail. And I'll comfort her, and then I'll get some tonight. Right. Like, I think that's probably what it I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was very disappointed with this situation. I felt very badly for Carter through this whole thing. I did, too. I also didn't really think that she needed to tell him. Maybe that's... Yeah. maybe that's rude of that maybe that's weird of me to think but i i they've been on two dates it's like super early in their relation like if you even call it a relationship they're not even together right and i i just feel as if she didn't owe him an explanation to tell him that she had slept with him i think that maybe if they had gotten more serious or something Right. And it came up, but like they're not exclusive. They're not like Right. They've only been on a few dates. Yeah. I, I mean, just... I do think that Carter got pretty upset about it where I was like, I don't really understand why he's so upset about it. But but yeah, Carter and Harper talk and she tells him that she made a mistake. He was trying to ask her on another date and she was like, I can't go on another date with you. I have to tell you that I slept with Doug. Um and then he like so he was really upset at that moment which i totally get like initial anger sure yeah and then they do end up having a conversation later and he does say the same things that you just kind of said like he says that you know we only went out a few times we only kissed once it's not like you really cheated and you didn't even really need to tell me so yeah i think i think that you're probably right but he's still pretty upset because he has a conversation with Doug later and Doug is like trying to convince Carter to give Harper another chance um Mm -hmm. it's less of a conversation and more just like of a aggressive basketball game um but (laughs) they kind of play basketball as well as Doug tries to convince Carter and he said that he's just going to need some time this whole like fallout the the fallout of the Doug and Harper transgression is like through the whole episode. Yeah. There's multiple conversations that happen. Um, so that's the kind of Carter trend is that Harper and Carter talked and then Carter and Doug talked. But then there's the whole Mark and Doug. So when Doug gets to work, Mark is tending to one of the gunshot victims and 
Doug tries to have a conversation with him and he ends up snapping at him and telling him to go away. Mm-hmm. Late, and so then the whole department at this point knows that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not great. And then later, Doug and Mark have a conversation on the roof. Doug insists that he didn't seduce her, so I don't know. And that yeah. it just happened. But of course he wouldn't think he seduced her. Like, of course. That's true. That's true. Of course true. he wouldn't think that he did that. I'm sure it just happened. Like, I'm sure he wasn't necessarily planning on it. Like, right. I don't think he was planning on doing that, but then they probably had too much to drink, and then feelings were flowing, and then they kissed, and, you know. Right. He was, like, there we go. understanding what she'd been through that day. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd both been through the same thing, and then, yeah. 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 And she's cute. Um, absolutely. He's cute. So, you know. Yeah, sense. exactly. So Mark is pretty upset, though. He says, like, it doesn't matter if you seduced her or not. You broke the rules. You shouldn't have slept with her. Um, You've put yourself and myself in bad situations. And then I love that Mark also is like, and you've, like, hurt Carter. He was dating Harper. And so, like, I just was like, oh, that's very nice of Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. thought it was pretty good. He cares about Carter. Yeah, yeah. So, and then Mar- uh, Doug clearly hadn't known at that point that uh, Harper and Carter were seeing each other. So, I think that that's then yeah. spawned the conversations that he had with Carter. Though, and then there is a conversation also that happens between Harper and Mark. And Harper was just saying, like, I really don't want this to get out. Um, it could affect my career. I don't mm-hmm. want to be just known as the girl that slept with like Doug Ross. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of the crazy fallout from this experience. The only good conversation that comes from this whole transgression is between Harper and Doug themselves. Like, she's like, yeah, "Yeah, it was a one night stand. It was a mistake. Blah, blah, blah. No big deal. Moving on. Mm -hmm. And Doug's like, okay, good. Peace. (laughs) Um, So that was like the only good conversation that came from it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that. I hope that Carter and Harper go out again because I do think they're really cute. I think it might just take a bit of time for Carter to maybe get over it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Do you think they'll date again? I don't know if they will. I think Carter's pretty hurt by this. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. But I don't know. He just gave me the impression that he's not willing to give her a second chance. I also just think if you like someone enough, you're not going around looking somewhere else. That's true. I feel like if she really liked Carter, she probably would have been like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't sleep with this guy. I think. Right. Or just like not interested in taking it that far. Right. Because yeah, like exactly. I have this good thing going. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Especially because yeah. it's they work at the same place. So like even if she didn't tell Carter, he probably eventually would have found out. Like I, I think eventually it would have come back to him anyways. Right. right. Um, I do think it was a good idea for her to tell him what happened rather than him finding it out through other avenues because you're right he definitely would have um but especially since mark knew i wonder if that was the reason that she decided to tell carter because if mark didn't know then maybe she could keep it under wraps but um, yeah maybe that's why but yeah i don't know because he because she didn't know if mark was gonna report it or not 
Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I, I like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I appreciate that she was honest with him. But yeah, I think I think you're right that this wouldn't have happened if you were really interested in Carter. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I did get the impression the whole time that Carter was much more interested in Harper than the yeah. other way around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, mm. so that whole drama seeks through the or seeps through the episode, but we have some other things that go on as well. So Jeannie reports for her first day of work in the ER as a physician assistant, and I'm not really clear if she's doing a rotation because she does say the word rotation um, initially in the ER. Yeah. Like, is this part of her education or is this her yeah. new job? I'm not really sure. It. it it, they uh, don't make I it think super this is clear. A rotation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that she's okay. placed there because I think she has a conversation with Benton where she's like, "I requested other hospitals, but they put me here because she didn't right. want to be working with him." So I do think that it's not her job. I think that it's uh, definitely part of her rotation. Class, okay, part of her school. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So yeah, so Jeannie joins us. Um, Peter is not, or he's less than pleased that she is working in the department. Um, like you said, they did have a conversation um, where Jeannie told him that she tried to get other positions and this was the only available position. Um, so she asks Peter if they can just be professional and he does agree to that. So hopefully things are a little bit smoother because it was pretty rough throughout this episode. He was treating her pretty poorly um, mm-hmm. or just ignoring that she was even there. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, while Jerry and Randy are trying to handle all of this chaos with all these gunshot victims, um, we see Al again, the police officer. I um, know. Yeah. I loved it. And it <laughs> appears that he and Lydia are still together. Yeah, I would think so. Um, mm-hmm. He's been bit in the hand by a one of the gang members. Um, and the gang member's excuse for biting Al was because his dog bit him first, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so his, the dog bit you, so you bit the human? Like, <laughs> that's just weird. Uh, yeah, totally. But anyway, so yeah, and Lydia takes care of Al right away. Um and I do also think it's kind of funny that Al shares the same name as Jeannie's husband. Like, why would you name two characters in one show the same name? But anyway. Yeah, great point. Yeah, But uh, sure. And then also the gang member that bit Al, this, I was like, oh my God, it's um, Guillermo. So he's... Guillermo from Weeds? I don't know if you ever watched Weeds. Oh, you know what? I've never watched Weeds, but I've heard good things. Heard good okay, things and have it. you watched Scandal? Uh, no, that's another one I have not oh, watched. Oh, but... you do need to watch that one too. Okay, so this actor is from both of those shows. Um, his real name is Guillermo Diaz, um, which I thought was kind of funny because his name in Weeds is Guillermo. So, uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, he is... Huck in Scandal and he's Guillermo in Weeds. So I was like, oh my God, he's so little and young in this show. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to see him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, events transpire with him because uh, Al decides to cuff him to a stretcher while he is himself getting his uh, bite wound treated. Um, and he starts like 
screaming in the hallway that he needs uh, care. So mm-hmm. Dr. Weaver and Jeannie end up going to tend to this guy because he's just making such a ruckus. Mm-hmm. And he freaks out when they try to clean his wounds. And he, which also, they tried to clean his wounds with hydrogen peroxide, which I thought was like, I know. Whoa. Well, that's just like I an old. I would not uh, like that either. I remember putting peroxide on my on my wounds and it never hurt. It was just like, it would bubble and get all white and foamy. Mm, and uh (laughs) well and it's also like destroying new granulation in the cell it like in the wound so like that's why we don't use it anymore but um yeah it's it's interesting seeing like the old ways in which they treated things totally so yeah they they do that and he screams and he's very upset and he ends up being really violent and kicks genie in the stomach and hits uh, Dr. Weaver in the ear. And mm. she ends up needing sutures afterwards. Mm. And then Randy just like comes out of nowhere and she grabs Weaver's cane and just knocks this guy out. It was awesome. Respect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I was kind of indifferent about Randy. Like, I was like, yeah, I appreciate her. She's got like a really fun personality and like she's kind of different. But after this episode, I was like, yeah, I could, I could kick it with her. I like Randy. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, she was awesome. Um, I would love her to work in our department. (laughs) Oh yeah, 100%. Um, And then she tells Weaver just to not tell her parole officer that she hit this guy. And so we kind of learn a little bit about (laughs) her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That clearly she's been in prison before, which then prompts this whole... A debate among particularly the nursing staff about why she has been in jail. They yeah. end up doing a good old-fashioned betting on what maybe is the reason that she was put in jail. Jerry thinks it was assault. Lydia thinks it was Grand Theft Auto. Wendy thinks it was kidnapping, which I thought was weird. <laughs> okay. um, and Malik later guesses that it was a B&E. Um, and they start a betting pool, of course. What's a B&E? Um, uh, break and entry. Oh, break, okay. Breaking and entering, yeah. Oh, um, and then um, later in the episode, they're like kind of whispering about it and trying to get someone to ask her. And Weaver overhears this and she's like, oh my gosh, you guys are such wusses. And she just goes over and asks Randy herself. The pool is your idea. You should ask her. She killed me. I think Wendy should ask her. Yeah. I should never kill Wendy. What? What is wrong with all of you? Can't put your mouth where your money is, huh? Hey, Randy, what did you do time for? Malicious mischief, assault, battery, carrying a concealed weapon, an aggravated ma'am. Classic Carrie. So I don't know what malicious mischief is or aggravated mayhem is <laughs> but uh she's i know i've done a lot of things <laughs> hey everyone future melissa here just wanted to correctly define these crimes for you so malicious mischief is the willful destruction of the personal property of another due to ill will or resentment towards the property owner or possessor. It is usually considered a misdemeanor. However, aggravated mayhem 
is actually when someone unlawfully and intentionally causes permanent disability or disfigurement of another human being or deprives a human being of a limb, organ, or member of his or her body. It often carries a life sentence with or without the possibility of parole. So I'm not sure how Randy has managed to be out of prison at such a seemingly young age if she has been convicted of a crime that usually carries a life sentence. But uh, this is a show, and so I suppose it's more for dramatic effect than anything else. And I guess hitting Guillermo with a cane is a pretty tame event for her in comparison to some of her other transgressions. Anyway, back to the show. All right, so then we go to Neil. Okay, so Neil is the pediatric, like, attending who doesn't like Doug very much and is wanting to get rid of him. We saw him in an earlier episode in a staff meeting saying that he wants Doug gone. And this episode, kind of throughout this episode, he clearly is actively trying to make that happen. So Doug tries to admit a patient who Neil thinks needs to be discharged. And they end up getting into a fight in the hallway. Carol overhears this fight. And Neil just basically tells Doug that his fellowship ends on New Year's Eve and he's not going to be renewed. So it's kind of like a backhanded way of firing him (laughs) so yeah yeah, so Doug's not having a great day rain in the ego Doug just rain it in yeah like this is the time to be cautious not the time to be sleeping with med students like (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um but even though he's doing all of this and he's pissing mark off mark still goes to bat for him with dr morgan stern and says that he's a really good doctor and that we need him in the er but dr morgan stern and neil are both saying that like no one can control him so like even if he's a good doctor it doesn't make him useful because nobody can keep him under wraps so Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's i don't know it's not looking great for doug not looking good No. Oh, just I wanted to mention this storyline because it's kind of funny and I have definitely had this happen to me. So Mm -hmm. Jeannie is not having a good day. She is realizing how absolutely insane emerges and she's had some kind of rough patience. Mm-hmm. And then she gets this gentleman, Mr. Stuby, who's like clearly confused. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's kind of hollering out that he doesn't want a nurse. And she's like, I'm not a nurse. I'm a physician assistant. <laughs> and and then she kind of turns her back for a second and he just starts peeing on the floor. And I was just like, oh, womp, womp. <laughs> like, but also so... classic. This oh, happens so all classic. the time. All the time. All the time. Like, uh, I don't remember, like, I couldn't even say, like, how many times it has happened where people just start peeing on the floor. Yeah. Um, yep. Or once I had this patient who is female. So, like, imagine a female patient who is wearing a diaper. So, like, wearing a TENS, as we call them. A, like, coworker and I went in because, like, she was kind of causing a ruckus. And so we went in to, like, go kind of clean her up and, like, get her straightened out. And so this lady is restrained. So, like, in four-point restraints, has an attend on, and 
However this happened, I don't know, Houdini'd this stuff. So she peed, there was urine everywhere. There was urine all over the bed, on the floor, everywhere. And then the coworker that I was working with, he like grabbed the attend, bone dry, bone dry. (laughs) The attend was not wet at all, but the whole bed was wet. And we were like, how How? did you do this? Like, (laughs) just don't understand. Honestly, it's shocking to me sometimes how much urine can come out of one person. I had a similar situation um, and this, this patient sort of leaned to the side and just peed off the side of the bed. And I kid you not, the room from wall to wall on the floor, just a lake <laughs> of <Lake>. urine. <laughs> yeah. It was all urine. I was yeah. like, A, how did you do this? B, how could one person have that much pee in themselves? Right. He, had, yeah, he was exactly. literally... It was almost as if it was like his entire abdomen was filled with urine. Like, that's how much there was. It was shocking. It was shocking. Yeah, it is incredible. Yeah, and it is, it's happened far too many times. And sometimes it's not just with urine. I've had a poonami before, too. With patients. That is many, true. Many <laughs> that a time. Many, many a time. Many a yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our jobs are glamorous, guys. It's pretty glamorous. So. Yeah. Thank God for a PPE. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. So I just had Onward. to include that because that was just so classic of our job. So Carol catches Doug um, moping about his life in the, like, radiology kind of room, I guess, where they read mm-hmm. x-rays. Doug? Hey, Carol. What's going on? Nice try, but the film's upside down. Are you okay? Well, generally, this has not been a good day. Specifically, uh, this has not been a good day. Although I tell you, it felt so good yelling at Bernstein for about five minutes there. I felt completely liberated. And now? And now, I've been here a few years. It's the longest commitment I've ever made to anything or anybody. Um, so, uh, it's time to move on. Carol, ship's on the floor. Speaking of moving on. You call me if you want to talk, okay? Okay. And so, like, I found that kind of sad. Like, this is the one stable thing in his life that he's now going to lose, which, I mean, is his own fault. But I did feel a little bit Well, I was going to say, if, like, this is the one thing that you've been committed to and you've devoted your life to, you'd think maybe you'd have a little bit more respect for the job and do whatever you can to keep it. And when people tell you, like, hey, you need to adjust your attitude, like, you would take that seriously. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't just get handed to you. Yeah. I don't feel bad for you, Doug. I do not feel bad for you for one second. (laughs) If this is the only thing that's been stable in your life and the only thing that, you know, you've worked really hard for, then you better do it. Like, you got to be like a Benton. Like, Benton has worked his ass off and he also has an ego, but he knows where to check it. Yeah, and he adjusts his behavior, right? Like, yeah. he takes feedback and he does fix things, right? Like, yeah. he's treating Carter way better this season than he did last. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. yeah, like, he's he actually is trying to um, improve upon himself, which is yeah. a 
yeah, something to be said about somebody who's really worked, had to work hard to get to where they are. Yes. Whereas I don't think that Doug has had to work very hard to get where he is. Doug could take a page out of Benton's. Wait, Doug could take book. a leaf out of Benton's book. Yeah, that. Yeah, a page out of Benton's book. Benton's yeah, book. I that works. Leaf? Yeah. I, I wanted to say the leaf, leaf one. What's the, take a leaf out of Benton's page? I don't know what the leaf one is. Moving like on. What, what are you taking <laughs> a leaf know. from a tree? I, no, <laughs> no, I think it's a leaf. Hold on. Expression. Yeah. Take I know a leaf mean. out of. Yeah. A leaf is another word for page. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, that's another word. Take for a leaf page. out of someone's book. Oh, okay. All right. The okay. expression alludes to either vandalism. Oh, tearing a page from a book. <laughs> <laughs> copying someone else's work oh i feel like that's not the way that it's used daily no i think that it's more so copying somebody so i'm going to take a leaf out of their book as i'm going to do like them right yeah exactly like the way that you used it yeah right yeah Yeah. well all right hey learn something plagiarism (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so if I say I'm gonna take a leaf out of your book, I'm plagiarizing your stuff. I guess. <laughs> okay. You're gonna have to get interviewed by like the student conduct board. That's all I think right. about when I think of plagiarism. <laughs> Sitting in front of a panel. I never had to do this, but I, I heard nightmares. I heard people's experiences and it sounded terrible. Oh, I'm sure it would be terrible. Ugh, yeah. That sounds awful. Wouldn't want that. Right. Moving on. on. So, let's move on. Yeah. So then um, towards the end of the episode, Carol takes Shep to her new house, which is kind of exciting. The house looks terrible. Like, yeah. It just was a bad purchase all around. Yeah. I don't need to see much to know that this was a bad purchase. And right underneath like a train, like a very noisy train. I'm just thinking, girl, you work shift work. You're telling me you're going to sleep in there? <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Like, I get that she's excited, but, like, I just think when a healthcare worker buys a house, noise is a huge part of the of why you would buy something. If it's a really yes. noisy, busy I mean, sometimes you can't avoid, depending on the city, you won't be able to avoid the noise. But, like, right. in Chicago, right underneath the train track, pretty much an automatic no, I would assume. She's going to have to insulate those walls. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't buy that house if I didn't work shift work. Like, that's a terrible location. Absolutely. <laughs> like, your resale I mean, value, guys. <laughs> I I think there's a prediction here. Is she going to date Shep for a while and he's going to help her renovate the house? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Because I feel like Shep is a handy guy. This is Yeah, that's very true. I mean, he's from the automotive department, so. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Uh, Maybe that's why she was shopping in automotive. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I need a Uh, caravan. I need someone to fix up my house. We're going to say that that Shep helps her redo the house. Yeah, I I think you're probably right. 
down. That's what I think. I feel like Hetty needs to be yeah. demolished and built from the ground up. I agree. Like it's it all boarded like up. Stadium. Like the stairs aren't even all intact. Like yeah, it true. looks bad. Like it just looks like a money pit. It's um, just rotting from the inside out. So yeah. Good luck, Carol. Yeah. yeah, I don't think this was a great idea. But she seems excited about it, so, like, all right, sure. One night sleeping in that house, and she's going to be like, what have I done? She's gonna yeah, this is a mistake. Big totally. And then we end the episode with Mark running into Doug at the train station or train platform. I guess they call it the L. And confirms that he didn't tell Morgan Stern about Doug and Harper. And he just, like, gives Doug a hard time. Like, he's just like, you know what? You've been pushing like I read the chart on that patient that Neil wanted to discharge that you didn't want to and there was no reason why he couldn't have been discharged like you know that like you're a good doctor why are you pushing people's buttons unnecessarily like you're doing it to me too and he's just like you need to get your stuff in order like what's going on here and then Mark leaves on the train and Doug is left alone at the end of the episode so I don't know yeah, I mean, we'll obviously see more of Doug, but he is making some risky and bad choices. Yeah, and, like, I think he's out. Like, he's not coming back to the department unless something crazy happens. Like, doesn't seem like anyone's on his side. <laughs> I love the eyes. Ooh, crazy. Crazy, you say? Um. <laughs> He's dug himself into a hole, and he's made his bed. Uh, we can make tons of analogies. And mm-hmm. now he has to sleep in it, the hole and the bed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, it was a good episode, um, though. Like, all yeah. of the Harper-Doug drama was very entertaining, I found. Oh, so yes. Oh, yes. I did enjoy oh, it. Yes. I loved yeah. it, too. Yeah, I have to say, I realize we're both a sucker for drama, which... That's fine. This is a dramatic TV show. This is what it's supposed to be. When it starts to get too medical, I get a little bit bored and very critical. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because I'm like, that's dumb. That wouldn't happen. No, 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 no. Yeah. But when there's drama, I I definitely, uh, I'm definitely more invested. Totally. The jewels go up as the drama. The jewels go up. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Okay. Well, well, that's all we have for this week. Yes. Have a good week, everybody. Yes. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. We want to hear your comments. We are on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have a Gmail email account. We try to check it as often as we can. And otherwise, we'll see you next week. Yeah. See you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the episode, guys. This episode is created, edited, and produced by your hosts, Melissa and Julie. Music by Chris Yemes, photography by Ainsley Cardoso-Wagner, and photo editing by none other than your hosts, Melissa and Julie. You can find us on Instagram at erdebriefedpodcast or now on Twitter at erdebriefed. We post updates with new content on there as much as we can. You can also email us at erdebriefed at gmail.com with comments, questions, suggestions, and more. We try to respond as quickly as possible, and we always appreciate hearing your feedback. Thanks again.